Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. printed a script for Heather and she was like you're so cute then she left the f- script on the table you oh you offered me something that was not yours to offer me and then to sh- talk my career f- you. Uh, I love it I love it I love it hello everyone and welcome to everything iconic with me Danny Pellegrino that was a clip from this week's episode of the real house size of Orange County and this feud between Heather Shamsterbro and Taylor enough Armstrong over this Oklahoma role, I am living. It's really bringing me a lot of life. And I'll be honest, I'm going to say something very controversial right off the bat. I do think from watching this week's episode of Orange County Housewives that Taylor Armstrong was delivering better performance in acting than Heather Shamsterbro was. That's right, I said it. I said it because we got a little sneak peek at both their acting styles. I just played that clip for you all. And Taylor Armstrong was doing an impression of Heather that I thought was really good when she was saying, oh, it's so cute of you. And she was doing kind of like a little character. She was adding a little genistic to her impression of Heather Shamsterbro. She's like, oh, that's so cute. Like Taylor <laughs> was recreating that scene with Heather and giving me a little bit of Heather Dubrow. I was like, oh my God, maybe Taylor should be on... SNL or in the Groundlings or something because she's giving me a little bit of character comedy. And now I'm thinking Taylor Armstrong's the comedy queen. Meanwhile, Heather Shamsterbro was doing some of the worst acting of her whole life because later in the episode when she was confronted about some of this stuff with Taylor, she was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I didn't act that. And she was making these faces. And I was like, oh, that's really bad acting. <laughs> I was really trying to piece out who was the better actor. And I was coming out of it thinking, actually, maybe Taylor Enough Armstrong is the better actor here. I know Heather did 22 episodes of That's Life something. I don't know what that is, but it was 22 episodes, which we're not trying to knock for. It's hard to get anything on TV. But that was so fucking hysterical just seeing Taylor Armstrong and Heather have this like very awkward fight about how many episodes Heather did of a show that nobody knows, and then going through each other's IMDb's. Ah, you guys, I loved it. I just loved it. I feel so warm and fuzzy even just talking about it now. Anyway, we're going to get to more about that in a minute. Also, there's some other actor business with Hip, because Hip's taking the daughter to some acting class or some modeling scouts or something. And I don't really think that we should be pushing any of our kids too soon with that kind of stuff. But the daughter, Annabelle, did go to the acting coach. But before we get into any of that stuff from the episode, I do want to say that something I've been noticing and trying to just settle in with is the new Orange County graphics. The new graphics for this series, they're intense. They're intense. I don't know if anyone's really paid attention to those opening credits when we get their taglines and Hip is saying something about eating a taco. So we get those taglines, and the graphics have been refreshed this season. Now, I've been hesitant to judge the graphics because I didn't know. when I, Upon first glance, I did not care for the new graphics. I thought they looked cheap. They looked weird. They looked off. They were doing too much for me. And now a few weeks in, you guys, I got to be honest with you, I'm settling in, and I'm thinking, okay, I kind of like these new graphics. Now, they do remind me of back in the 90s when you go to amusement park, and you know how they had those places where you can make a music video? Where I come from, there's this place called Cedar Point. It was an amusement park in Ohio. And you would go there with your friends, and then you could basically karaoke a song, and they'd have a bunch of old wigs and shit set up and some some costume jewelry. they just have boxes of shit. And you could go with your friends, and then they'd have a green screen. And so you'd put on some wigs that have been worn by people at an amusement park. 
which uh, PSA, do not put on wigs from any place unless you know where they're coming from. You don't just grab a wig out of a box and put it on your head. That's how you get bed bugs and head lice. So I just want to make that a distinction clear. But back in the 90s, we didn't know any better. So we'd go to one of these places at an amusement park. I think they might have had them at Disney or Joggle Lake or whatever, be Kings Island or what are some of the other places that you'd go to an amusement park. I don't know if SeaWorld did it, but you'd go to one of these amusement parks, you'd grab a wig from a box and some, uh, they'd have like a feather boa and like just some random shit in the box and you put it on, you go in front of the green screen with your friends and you'd recreate a music video and then they'd give you a VHS tape and the graphics for the music video that they'd put in there. So you'd be in front of the green screen and the graphics they'd put in, they were trying to make you look like Madonna's Ray of Light video, but ultimately you would never look like that. You'd end up looking like what the Real Houses of Orange County has now for their graphics this season. So that's essentially the music that you make. So when I first saw this season of Orange County Housewives, I'm like, oh, this looks so cheap, like amusement park graphics. And now I'm like, oh my God, they're one step ahead because they're trying to transport us back to a simpler time. And so I'm actually thinking maybe they're just being artistic because the storylines that Orange County has given us this season are sort of throwback storylines for Housewives. We're not dealing with prisons. We're not dealing with all this like big stuff that we've had on a lot of the Housewives. We're not dealing with Bamboozle Jane and the elderly and orphans and widows or Jen Shah going away to prison. So we're dealing with these real grounded kind of throwback. So I'm like, maybe the graphic people, they wanted to put us in that throwback position so they had the gals step in front of the green screen, and they're adding all these crazy effects and lens flare and all that. Which, by the way, lens flare, I don't know if anyone's seen this new show Glamorous on Netflix. It's kind of like an Emily in Paris vibe of like, it's it's cheesy, but like fun cheesy. Like I was really enjoying it. I've only watched three episodes. And Matt does not care for it, although I have made him watch it. Uh, but one thing that I have to point out in that show is just the aggressive amount of lens flare. It's like you're watching a Michael Bay or J.J. Abrams movie, you know, like the Transformers movies. If you go up and watch every scene, has got a lens flare. And it's a show about like a, it's a very frothy kind of Devil Wears Prada or the bold type type show. Very frothy kind of show. And yet, watching it thinking, they're shooting it like the Transformers movies. Like, what's all this aggressive lens flare? Anyway, uh, I don't know how we got there. But, oh, the Orange County openings. I feel like they're kind of giving us a little a little lens flare in those. Anyway, this week's episode, we open with Emily stage managing her daughter. The daughter, Annabelle, seems very shy and yet is on camera doing this audition or photo shoot or something. And it made me really grateful that my mom was not a housewife when I was growing up because I do not think that I would like a recollection of me at 12 years old on camera or however, how old is Annabelle? I mean, she's got to be like 10 or something. I don't know how old the kid is, but the point is I would not want to see myself on camera on a reality show. So um, thank God they were not casting my mom in a Northeast Ohio Real Housewives series when I was growing up because it would not have been a pretty picture. And these reruns live on forever. I mean, I rewatch old seasons of these housewives all the time. So I'm sure Annabelle's going to get older and be like, oh my God, what the fuck were we doing? Like, why the fuck was I there? What the fuck was going on? Uh, but she wants to model. And look, Emily, I think, actually should be modeling too. I think Emily is stunning. And I was looking at her in the scene. I'm like, she should be modeling something. I don't know what, but I feel like I could see Emily modeling something. So put hip in a campaign. Uh, meanwhile, uh, over at Boot Barn, all the gals are getting ready for this Montana trip. So we see some of them over at something called a Boot Barn. And look, the words Boot Barn, I'm not sure should be somewhere you should buy things. And this is coming from me. I often talk about growing up in Ohio, but back in Solon, Ohio, my hometown, they had a place called Dress Barn. That's right, Dress Barn. Now, those are two words that should not be together in a sentence or in a storefront. But that was where all the gals in town would go get their clothes. If they couldn't make it up to the Beachwood Mall or to some mall, they would go to the local dress barn in Solon, Ohio. And I remember my mom would take me and she would sit me in the chair by the entrance and you'd just have to sit there as the women peruse the dress barn. Anyway, I remember this story and I had to share it with you guys because when I was in high school, I was very involved. I was very active, like student council, class president, and all that stuff. I remember we were doing some sort of event, and it's all a little fuzzy in my head, but we were doing some sort of event, and I was in charge of like putting together a flyer. So it was basically a flyer for some sort of local charity event or shopping event or something like that. Anyway, long story short, I remember refusing to put 
the logo for Dress Barn on the flyer, because even back then, although I was closeted at the time, I still had enough gay sense to think that, like, we can't attract people with the words Dress Barn in an event. (laughs) And so I literally refused to put the words Dress Barn on a flyer. And I remember it being this big conversation. And at the time, I couldn't say, like, it's just, like, so trashy to put the words Dress Barn on an invitation or, or, or really on any sort of public record, right? That be be it that flyer or billboard or signage, nothing should have the word terms dress barn. And look, that company might still exist. And so this is, uh, I apologize in advance if I'm bad-mouthing a company. And those of you who might dress, uh, shop at a dress barn, I apologize as well. But I do not believe that that should be anywhere in print, those two words together. And so it was like a big conversation with the group of like, are you going to put Dress Barn on here? They were either a sponsor or somehow involved in the event. And I was like, no, can't do it. (laughs) Can't do it. And the reason I couldn't do it is because I just don't think those two words should be together. Now, at Orange County Houseways, they were at something called Boot Barn. Now, Boot is, I guess, a little bit better because when you think of barn, I guess you think of boots too. But if I'm trying to sell clothing, I don't know that I'd want barn in the title, right? Because... I don't know about you all, but I don't think of fashionista when I think of the word barn. You think of overalls and manure and walking through shit and horses and smelly horses and barns and chickens and stuff like that. I'm not thinking of people in a barn really looking their best. I'm sorry to say that, but you don't go to a barn for clothes. You don't go to a barn. It's not the Met Gala. You think, I mean, Dress Barn is not the proper name for any sort of store that's going to sell clothes. And I can sort of feel that way with the Boot Barn, too. I mean, although we think of boots and barns together, I still prioritize the word manure over boots when I think of the word barn. Do you get what I mean? So if they were selling, let's say, manure, I would understand calling something like a manure barn, right? Like if you were maybe to get some soil or something, do people buy manure to like soil their... Like, I'm not sure how that all works. I'm not fucking old McDonald here. I'm just saying I think of that soil, plants, plant barn. I could maybe understand that if you sold plants or or a chicken barn, right? You'd sell some eggs. I get that. But when we're thinking of clothing, uh, just uh, I just want to encourage you all, if you're a franchisee owner of some one of these places that's got barn in the title, maybe just reconsider reconsider, just maybe get back to the drawing board, get out a pen and paper and invite some friends over and say, hey, I know that the business is currently called such and such barn, clothing barn, dress barn, boot barn, but maybe we all throw out a few other ideas. And just spitball for maybe, you don't even got to spend a lot of time. Just invite a couple friends over, serve them some, have some drinks, some cocktails, some whatever you want, and maybe a charcuterie, get a charcuterie board out with your friends and say, look, I'm going to serve you all this charcuterie, have a glass of wine. And we're just going to spend maybe upwards of 10 minutes. It doesn't got to be a while because let me tell you something. You get a, a more than one person around you and you start brainstorming ideas to name a store that sells clothing. You're going to get other options that don't have the word barn in the title pretty quickly. So I don't think you're going to need more than five, 10 minutes. Uh, but I guarantee that when you have a group of people around, no one's going to come up with names with barn in the title and so that should maybe be your first clue that you shouldn't name a clothing store with the word barn in it. I'm sorry to take so much time with that. I just, it's a PSA. It's honestly a PSA coming from someone who, again, spent a lot of time going to a place called Address Barn. You just don't need barn in the title for clothing. Sorry. I'm sorry. And don't yell at me. I don't want to get DMs about this. I'm sorry if any owners out there who own something called Boot Barn, uh, Shirt Barn, a Dress Barn, a Pant Barn. I don't know all the fucking barns. I'm sure there's plenty of them. Sure. I'm sure there's plenty. And I don't want to get DMs that you're mad at me that I'm saying you need to rename your establishment. But you do need to rename your establishment. I'm sorry to be the one to break that information to you. But it's not hard to keep, it's not easy to keep a place open, a place of business open these days. I mean, things are closing left and right. I'm someone who likes mall culture. I like going to the mall and seeing what they got there. And the last time I was over at the Topanga Canyon Mall, I was noticing close, uh, stores closing left and right and center. And so it's not, you're not going to have much time if you're naming your place of business something with a barn. It's just not for clothes. I guess with bare minimum, you could do boot barn, but I would even re, again, invite some people over with the charcuterie. You'll find that the brainstorming session 
is going to be enlightening to you. It's going to be eye-opening because you're going to find out that, oh, no one thinks that the word barn should be in the title of the clothing store, right? Okay, moving on. So they did go and they're um, at the barn. They're talking with Tamara and Jen and I think who else was there at the barn, the boot barn. I'm not sure. But they are sketched out by this Jen woman. And her whole demeanor and everything she's saying seems to change when she's talking about her relationship. And I feel like the facts aren't adding up. And she's definitely got some secrets. She's got some secrets. I don't trust this woman. I do not trust her. I do not trust that scene she was doing with the boyfriend with the Theragun. And I'm sorry to be the one I have to talk about this, but I just do not trust that woman. Everything's coming out different every time she's talking about the boyfriend, Ryan, and how they got together and when they got together. It's all changing too quickly. And so I don't trust neither of them. I don't trust that Ryan and I don't trust that Jen. And watching them with that Theragun. Can we talk about this for a while? I mean, we should spend at least like 37 minutes on it because there was a scene where uh, he was like doing the Theragun on her, like the massage gun. And I was thinking about the logistics of it because either they decided that for filming that day, they should do the Theragun bit. And it was like a bit, right? They were doing what they thought was like Lucy and Lucille Ball and I Love Lucy. They're like, oh, let's get the Theragun. And we'll do like a bunch of sexual innuendos or double enchandras and all that with the Theragun. So either Ryan and Jen decided that that's what they wanted to do for that at-home scene. Or an even darker option, or a thing that bums me out even more, is that producers were like, let's do a bit with a Theragun. So then maybe producers got there that day, and they saw the Theragun like, next to the bed. They're like, oh, this will be funny. Like, Let's do a bunch of double entendres and sex stuff with you guys. But the logistics of them filming... Uh, the Theragun scene, I just, I wonder, was that storyboarded ahead of time? Who, I, uh, I'm going to need a full-length documentary feature film on this scene about, like, who got the Theragun out, who decided that that's what the audience should see. It's like, <laughs> and I also wonder, what were the other options for that scene? Like, was it one of those situations where production was like, get in the bathtub, we need to see the two of you in the bathtub, you know, one of them awkward bathtub scenes like we do with Meredith Marks and Seth, or Tamara and Eddie on The Real Houses of Orange County previously? Like, did they say, get in the tub, we're going to fill it up? And then Jen and Ryan were like, we're not getting in the fucking tub, but we will do some sexual wordplay with a Theragun. And I, so I just need to know all the logistics of how that Theragun scene happened, because nothing else really happened in that scene. And the one thing I do know about Housewives is it's not scripted, but they do know the scenes ahead of time. So was that like on the call sheet of we're going to do a Theragun scene with sexual wordplay? Like, what, what? how did we get there? Because, again, this is not a show, like, even on Summer House, they just have the cameras in the house, and we're just following, or back in the day on The Real World, we were just following them around the day, and then they would edit it. But with Housewives, they are only filming a few days a week or very specific scenes with each other, and so how did the Theragun thing happen? How the fuck did it happen? I need to know. Anyway, we got through that scene. I was happy about that. I knew we would get through it eventually, but it felt like it took a while. Well, I know that this. We got through the else. Now, uh, Casita is actually still mad at Jen about the infidelity thing. And I really love all the housewifery that Gina is doing on this season. She seems to be stirring the pot, and she's doing something that's a huge step forward for Gina Casita, and that is she's making someone else's life problem a problem for her. Does that make sense? So she has no beef with this woman, Jen, at all. She is only looking at Jen's life and somehow making Jen's life about her. And that is expert-level housewifery. And that's something that I don't think Hip and Casita have done. Because it's a very also narcissistic quality, right? To be a housewife, I think you have to be incredibly narcissistic because you have to make somebody else's life a problem for you somehow so that you're mixed into the storyline and that you have beef with people and you have drama that you can move the storyline forward. And it really opens up a lot of doors and possibilities. But sometimes housewives don't want to do that, right? Because in real life, I don't think many of us would, but on housewives, you got to make their problem your own. And so I think Casita really had a huge step forward, huge step forward this week when she made somehow Jen's infidelity all about her. And she's been doing that the past three episodes. And I just want to say bravo, bravo, Casita. Really, really bravo. Uh, so then, okay, Ryan is a cheater. 
Now, this man, Ryan, is apparently, not only did he sleep with Jen when I guess she was sort of whatever, but when Jen and Ryan were on a break, then that's when Ryan also slept with Tamara's friend. And Tamara's not saying something about this, Jen. I feel like she's biting her tongue a little bit. Does anyone else feel that way? Tamara's definitely biting her tongue, and we know she's not going to bite her tongue for too long. And she's starting to turn on Jen, and I just feel like she's going to unleash all this information about Jen and Ryan that she knows is coming out a little bit at a time. But I could, it's something about her demeanor in the scenes about Jen and Ryan. I'm noticing Tamara, uh, Tamara is... And oh, they were in the scene with Heather. That's who else was in the scene at the boot barn. And so Heather is in the scene, and she says she loosely quoted Maya Angelou, which is what I also come from the housewives for, is having a housewife quote Maya Angelou. And she, <laughs> and she says to Jen in regards to Ryan, when people tell you who they are, you got to listen. So she sort of changed up the Maya Angelou quote. So now we might have to start attributing that quote to Heather Dubrow. Uh, it'll be like um, her, her <laughs> when people tell you who they are. Gotta listen. Gotta listen. Heather Dubrow. Heather's on the outs with everyone, it seems, this season. I don't know how she's going to make it out of this season alive because it seems like they all very clearly hate her. And so I'm curious to see where we go with Heather. And I don't want Heather to go anywhere because even though I hate her most of the time, I don't want her to leave this program. And so I hope they figure out a way to make it work because uh, she's fun to hate to me. Um, anyway, she does say... People tell you who they are. You got to listen. And I don't think Jen's listening. She needs to put her listening cap on and uh, hear these things about this Ryan because he's a cheater. She knows he's a cheater. She's admitting he's a cheater. And then we're finding out they were on a little break and then he was uh, fucking somebody else at the gym or one of Tamara's other friends, allegedly. And I need to know what's going on. I got to figure this out because there's a lot of secrets, too many secrets for me to count with this Ryan and the infidelity and the Jen. secrets these babies got some secrets uh let's take a break here and we'll come back we got to talk about all the rest of the secrets we got to talk about uh heather's uh kids rooms because there were, were there gold records on the wall in nikki's room what was going on there uh find me on social media at danny pellegrino twitter instagram and tiktok and uh go to everythingiconic.com for tour tickets i want to thank a cats and we'll be right back yeah, 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 yeah. this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. 
And we're back. I don't want to get old. And do you guys listen to Las Culturistas, this podcast? It's fantastic. It's hosted by Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang, but they just had Kelly Clarkson on. Queen Icon Legend is a fantastic episode, and I just wanted to shout it out. Go listen. I love Kelly Clarkson with all of my being. Her new album, Chemistry, is incredible. I think there's a song called Lighthouse on there that I love. It's a dramatic ballad, and then she's got the song Rock Hudson. And I mean, it's so, so good. So check out her new album, Chemistry. I'm doing free promo for Kelly. And Las Culturistas, which is a great podcast, so go check them out. And their interview with Kelly Clarkson because we love them all. Uh, okay, let's talk about Real Houses Orange County. Now, I mentioned Nikki's bedroom. Heather's kid, Nikki, went away to college. A couple of them kids went away to college, and I will be totally broken when my kids go away to college. Do not have kids yet, but just want everyone to be prepared. Please reach out to me in the future whenever that moment is because I will be completely devastated. I'll be hiding under the covers, crying in the shower every minute. So please check in on me whenever that happens and I don't know, however many years that is. I don't know if the podcast will be around, but I'm going to need you all to write this down in your planner because I'm going to need some help and assistance when that happens because I will be broken. Anyway, the bedroom for Nikki was really shocking to me because there were gold records on the wall or maybe some sort of some sort of records in a frame. And I need to know whose records were they. It was a big room. I would have liked to spend some time in this bedroom and to figure out what was going on. They're so fucking rich. I didn't know what's there. And I'm trying to like pause it and check out what's in the room, this big desk, big ass desk. Anyway, I uh, would have liked to know. I wanted like a whole AD tour for Nikki's bedroom. Just so you know everything that was in there. But uh, Heather and the husband, Terry, they are sad about it. They're going to be empty nesters pretty soon. And I was feeling for him on that. I was feeling for him. Then we have this scene with Tamara and Taylor. Now, Taylor is completely making up the storyline uh, with Heather and the Oklahoma movie. And I'm completely okay with that because I think it's so ridiculous and it's leading to such good TV that although I don't think Taylor is really initially was really initially upset about how Heather acted... I think she's making a mountain out of a molehill. She's finding a little nugget of something, and she's making it into a bigger thing. And that's excellent housewifery as well. And so we have to give it to Taylor Armstrong, one of our founding mothers of this art form from the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I don't know why I was skeptical that she'd come back and not have a storyline, but she came in, guns blazing, and decided, you know what, I'm going to make this into a big thing with Heather DeBro, even though I don't think she really gave a shit. And I still have questions on how she was cast in this movie for Oklahoma. I mean, what was going on? I need to know everything about this movie. And the casting situation, so they just offered Taylor Armstrong the movie, but then now we're finding out that they want Heather to read for it, and they want to go, her to go on tape, which is normally how it goes with casting. Obviously, now with Zoom, you could put yourself on tape instead of going into a casting office, but usually you have to be put in front of someone, a casting professional, before they just say, here's a role. And so last week, it seemed like they were just going to give Heather DeBrow the role, but now they're saying she's got to be put on tape for it. Now, what I'm assuming is this movie in Oklahoma, they were like, oh, yeah, let's give these housewives a role because then it gets press for the movie that they're doing because it might not be a big budget movie if they're casting people like Taylor Armstrong and Heather DeBrow. I mean, spoiler alert, I hate to be the one. <laughs> hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think there were finance for a whole ton of money over there. And what do I know? Maybe they were. Maybe they were. And if so, then I'm sorry to be putting that out there. But I don't imagine they were getting the same budget as something like a Marvel film. Do you get what I mean? And so maybe they thought, okay, well, we don't have a ton for marketing, but if we cast these two housewives in it, maybe it'll be on the show and then we'll get better press. And now it's even better for them because there's a feuding storyline. So it is similar to Malibu Country in that way of like, I don't think any of us would have really known what Malibu Country is, but now at least the Bravo audience does. So that show did end up getting ultimately canceled very quickly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many episodes it last, but it wasn't a ton. However, we know about it because of The Real Houses. So now we're all going to be checking out this uh, Oklahoma movie. I'm going to be first in line at wherever it's playing. I'm not sure if it'll be playing in a local cinema or in the back of a cereal box, but I'll be watching it wherever it ends up. Again, I'm sorry to say that I don't believe they had a ton of budget, but I, I don't really. And uh, hopefully I'm wrong with that. Hopefully I'm wrong and I'll find out. You know, sometimes you find out something ended up ca- costing a million dollars. 40, $50 million, and maybe that's what'll happen with this thing. But I just don't, I don't imagine. 
Anyway, I'm loving the whole thing. I'm loving that they're calling back to Malibu country. We're seeing a flashback scene of Alexis, Gretchen. Tamara also reveals she was offered Malibu country. Like the whole fucking cast of Orange County Housewives. It didn't matter if you were Lynn Curtin or Alexis Bellino. You were getting an offer for Malibu country back in the day. And that's a wonderful thing. So then we see all the gals getting ready to go to Montana. And uh, Hip can't go because she got covid and I just, I'm sad that we're still dealing with this world where it's like people can't go because of COVID. I mean, that whole thing, it gave me like PTSD flashbacks to that COVID season of the Real Houses of Orange County. Oh, that was scary. That season. Oh, I remember Bronwyn. Oh, oh, I get the chills. I get the effing chills and not in a good way when I think of that season. Uh, anyway, they're all getting ready for this Montana trip and they are wearing some shocking outfits. First of all, we got Shannon in the fringe top. Uh, we got Heather in a bedazzled blazer, Jen in an aggressive necklace. I mean, I know they were shopping at the boot barn, but like, where were they getting these outfits? Was it all from the boot barn? Because these were very aggressive to the eye. Even Heather Dubrow, who I, I'm assuming her whole outfit was some sort of designer, but that bedazzled, and then they were all sort of wearing these like scarves or tiny scarves. And we're getting lots of aggressive jewelry statement necklaces and fringe blazers. And it was like, I couldn't even wrap my eyes and ears around this whole, uh, every outfit on screen. And they were just at the airport. They weren't even in Montana yet. And now you go to the airport and you wear something cozy and some nice sweats, but these gals were ready for the honky-tonk. They were ready to honky-tonk, badonkadonk on that airplane, which that sad airplane, which was a commercial flight. And I, at first, thought they were on a private flight, but then I saw they were like blurring out people. <laughs> And I'm not sure, maybe the flight from Orange County to Montana was really quick. So they were like, we're not buying private if Heather's not paying uh, the bill for it. And so they put him on some commercial flight. And it was just very, I couldn't wrap my eyes around them being on a commercial flight in those outfits. Because normally on a commercial flight, you'd be dressed in, again, joggers, sweatpants, something, a relaxing top. And these gowns just came in guns blazing with that fringe-ass blazer, bedazzled blazer, aggressive necklace work. It was shocking. It was shocking. It was shocking. And then upon landing in this commercial flight, I don't know if anyone noticed this, but uh, Casita ended up having what I think was an uh, orgasm. I think she had a big O upon landing. Did anyone? You have to go back and watch, but I'm pretty certain that upon landing, she's like, oh, that was good for me. I mean, it would seem like a really quick moment that we'd breeze past very quickly, but I thought maybe... Um, that was something we could have edited out. I'm no prude. Again, we're very sex positive here on everything iconic, but just that quick moment of uh, Casita being like, oh, that felt good. And she like needed a cigarette. I thought she was, they were going to show with Marlboro Light the next scene because <laughs> she just had the big O and she landed on that commercial plane in Montana. And she was excited to get to Montana, I suppose. I don't know if I was excited too, but I didn't feel like I was that excited. I mean, Casita landed. She's like, oh, like an herbal essence commercial or something. Remember those in the 90s? You just be showing gals in the shower having an orgasm because they were using shampoo. That was it. That was the whole campaign in the 90s. And they need to bring that campaign back, too, by the way. Maybe we need to get some male herbal essence commercials and they could put me in it or something. You know, have the, or maybe put Gina in it. Honestly, they're all actors on this show now. Maybe put Gina in an uh, herbal essence commercial because she had the O when she was landing on that commercial flight to Montana. So. I don't know, but what a weird campaign that whole thing was. The herbalist—it was just be some some mom. That, that was the premise of every one of them fucking commercials in the nineties. It was like some mom, like just made I don't know fucking pizza rolls for her kids, and then she's like, I gotta go get ready for bed, and then they'd show her in the next clip in the shower. She'd just be just orgasming in the shower, and then it was revealed that it was herbal essence shampoo. It was like, what is going on? These moms were also fucking horny in the nineties. <laughs> So horny that they were just getting orgasms from shampoo. I mean, what was going on there? I mean, sexual revolution was upon us. It was like these moms were all just horny and ready to get laid. But I don't know that I would be orgasming from shampoo. But that was happening in the 90s. And it was happening with Gina when she landed in Montana on a commercial flight. Anyway, in Montana, we meet this Jason, ranch manager. And I was oddly excited to get to this ranch. I don't know why. I don't even watch Yellowstone. But I was like, I want to see what this ranch is about. And maybe that is the appeal of Kevin Costner in that Yellowstone series, is that you get to touch down on a ranch and see what life is like. And I was kind of feeling that way. I'm like, I don't know. But then we got to a lot of gun stuff. There was just a lot of, like, a lot of gun lamps. Did anyone feel this way? A lot of gun lamp. 
thing happening. A lot of gun lamp work. Was not expecting every lamp to have like a gun attached. Or then, it, this was a weird thing. It was like a chandelier in one of the rooms that they were staying in. And they just, they were taking these guns off. And I thought the guns were like attached to the lamps, but then they weren't. They were just coming away from the chandelier. And then Gina at one point was just sort of like playing around with it. And I'm like, this is actually kind of freaky. I, I'm not someone, I don't like gun stuff at all. It really makes me uncomfortable. And seeing them just be grabbing guns from chandeliers and stuff, I'm like, maybe we should decorate with like a few less guns. I'm sorry to be that person, but I'm thinking maybe we could get an interior designer in this. I'm giving everyone business advice here on the podcast today. I don't know who I think I am, Tabitha or something coming in to take over. But I do think maybe we get some sort of interior designer in there. I don't know if you guys know Jake Arnold. He's a fantastic interior designer, but I love his work. And I'm like, maybe we just need to get him over there to this ranch and take away just a few of the guns that are embedded into the lights. Because I don't know about you all, but when I'm turning on lights, I don't always need to be seeing a gun. And they don't even look like fake guns. But there was one where Gina literally took it off the chandelier. And then there was like another table side lamp that the the base of it was a gun. And I'm like, it's too much gun work happening. And when I was in middle school, did anyone do this in shop? You would make a you would make a lamp out of like a pop can. So I remember making a lamp out of a Diet Coke, and that was the base. And so I understand homemade lamps. Like I'm all for doing your own homemade lamps. I'm just not sure that we need to be doing it with guns because it's just a lot of a lot of gun lamp stuff happening. And people get so mad these days. We're in Pride Month and people get we're getting so mad about Target having fucking rainbow shit on their clothes and then but everybody's okay with all these lamps that are made out of guns. Like what the fuck is going on? Like can we just maybe scale back a little? A little. A little on the gun lamps. Just get somebody in there and a set designer or or some sort of set decorator and just take away some of them fucking guns because there were too much gun decorations. And you know, sometimes you Remember, I keep throwing it back to the 90s, I know, especially today, but I'm a nostalgic person in general, but I feel like we're really talking about the 90s today. And it reminded me sort of of when people in the 90s would get obsessed with like a rooster aesthetic for their kitchens. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where everything had like a rooster on it. Or if you watch that show, The Other Two, there was a scene where Molly Shannon's character goes back to visit her family in her hometown and uh, the or her friends, her friend had bees all over the kitchen. It was like bees on the cabinets and bees, cookie jars and everything. And they had that all the time where it was like a rooster theme. And I just don't think gun should be like a theme of a place, like for decorations, I mean decorations i know here i am getting so so political about guns here but i'm just saying maybe not for decorations okay and save the dms i don't want people yelling just in terms of decorating is just i feel strongly that we don't need to decorate with them oh and also there was like rugs in the wash like what the fuck was that about like casita they put her in some house or room or whatever and then they hear the dryer going and she opens up the dryer and like the rugs were in the dryer i'm like couldn't a pa have taken them rugs out of the dryer when they got there like who's staying at a hotel or establishment where you got to take the rugs out yourself imagine going into a hyatt or a hilton or four seasons or really any uh, business of establishment that you're going to be sleeping overnight in and then you got to take the rugs out and put the rugs down on the floor yourself like what the fuck is that I mean, I would have asked for my money back immediately. I mean, I'm not someone who's super particular when you go to a hotel, especially a cheaper place or something. You know, when you get in there, you might have to wash down the phone and the remote control, or you might have to do a couple of things. Obviously, not every place is the Four Seasons, but I'm not sure that I need to be taking out stuff from the dryer to like put on as decorations because it, they weren't even towels or anything, which that would have been weird to me too, but like... I don't know. They had a washer and dryer there, and then they had to take the rugs out. Like, also, like, what got on the rugs? Because most hotels, I don't think they're like washing the rugs in a washer dryer. Those were rugs, right? I hope I'm not getting that wrong. You guys are like, those weren't rugs. No, I think they were rugs. If they weren't, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure they were rugs. And I just can't imagine going to Hilton and being like, got to take them rugs out of the dryer and put them on the floor. What got on the rugs that they had to wash them and that they couldn't either replace the rugs? I mean, what were we doing with the rugs? That leads me to believe that there was some sort of as foul play or something. I'm not sure what, allegedly. Allegedly. But I think that maybe, I think that maybe there was some sort of foul play and that they had to clean them rugs up quick. And so I'm not sure what that was, but I don't know. There was like guns hidden in the chandeliers and they were washing the rugs. So I'm not sure. You guys do the math. 
You guys do the math. I'm no mathematician, but you put two and two together, what does it equal? I'm seeing rugs in the dryer, and I'm seeing a lot of guns on chandeliers. So you figure it out. Figure it out. Matt, get the calculator. We got some math to do. I mean, I'm just saying, do it yourself, or or maybe we'll do it at the end of this podcast. We'll add the two and two, because that's what I'm seeing, and it's equal in four, and it's shocking. It's shocking. Anyway, where were we at here? Okay, let me get... Okay, rugs and wash. Talked about that. Check mark. <laughs> also, I was extra grossed out, and maybe I'm being too sensitive, and I don't mean to be a prude here on everything iconic, but I do get grossed out when the housewives do, like, a flirty FaceTime. Does anyone else feel that way? Like, she, uh, Jen was on the phone with Ryan, and I don't know if it's just because I have an aversion to this woman off the bat, and I, I know I need to get over that, because some of you are telling me, you're like, oh, I really like Jen, and I got some high hopes for her, and blah, 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 and she does feel like a return to form for Real Houses of Orange County. Like, she feels like a housewife that would have been cast 10 years ago on Orange County. And that might be a good thing to some of you, might be a bad thing to some of you. But she doesn't feel as much of a miss as, let's say, the other Jen or that woman who I always forget her name. uh, Or, you know, some of the other misses we've had in the past on Orange County. So she feels like a throwback in that way. But I don't like when they're doing a flirty FaceTime. And she got on with Ryan and she's like... I don't know. It just made me uncomfortable. I just, I, I wanted to get through that moment as quickly as possible, and it felt like it dragged on for me. Well, I know that get this. That's what I was thinking. That's what I think every time Jen's on the screen. I'm like, well, I'll get through the else. <laughs> Gotta get through it. Uh, okay, so then they all are getting ready to go. <laughs> this was so funny. Like, they were all getting ready to go meet up, and they were going up to Shannon, and I think it was maybe Taylor and Tamara, and they were like, are you ready to go? And Shannon was being, like, so dramatic. She was touching up her makeup, and she was touching up her lips specifically, and she got kind of a shaky voice. It's like, what's going on with Shannon? She was being such a wet blanket off the bat, and she's oftentimes a wet blanket, but it was right after they decided on their rooms, and Taylor Armstrong did have to, like, go to that weird, sketchy room where they were washing them rugs. Because she said she couldn't live in the glass room. She couldn't stay overnight in the glass room. She said something about like hormone issues. She's like, mama's got some hormone issues. <laughs> was she saying, I guess, was that in regards to menopause? Forgive me. I don't mean to. I'm assuming that's what it was in regards to. Or was it just hormonal? I mean, I guess we all get a little hormonal. Maybe she just didn't want to be in that. She's like, can't stay in that glass house. Mama's got some hormone issues. And I was kind of curious. We learned a lot about Taylor Armstrong this ish- this week's episode of Orange County Housewives. A lot that I didn't know. She came out as bisexual. I was like, what is happening there? I did not expect that. I mean, good for her. We're bisexual. Uh, she's bisexual and proud. I just didn't under- I didn't know that going into this season of The Real House of Orange County. I- Maybe she told us throughout the years, and I just missed it. Did she talk about that on Girls Trip? So, so much was going on on Girls Trip. They were at Dorinda's house at Bluestone Manor. I- I'm sure maybe she talked about it there, and I was like, I couldn't take all that in. Some of it was just like coming in my brain and immediately going out because there was so much happening in that fucking cursed trip to Bluestone Manor that I loved so much on television. Anyway, apparently she's bisexual. She's like, Mama's got some hormone issues. Can't stay in that glass room. So anyway, she goes to that shitty house to stay. But Shannon, when they're trying to get everyone together, she's like, I can't go yet. I gotta touch up my lip. <laughs> you guys go ahead. I'm gonna touch up my lip. She was being so dramatic. Tamara, I think, even called it out. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Is she, why is she being so dramatic about touching up her lip? She was just putting on some gloss or something. And she's like, I can't go. You guys go. She was so stressed about it. I don't know. And then, okay, so they do all get together. And Gina says that the place that they're at is a piss-by-the-tree type of place. And it took Heather Shams to bro a minute, but she's like, it's a what? She didn't understand. She didn't understand. And Gina's like, yeah, this is where you take a piss by a tree. Because you know, if there's one thing I know about Casita, if there's one thing I know about Gina Casita, it's that she's pissed by a lot of trees. She, I just know it. I just know it. I feel it in my bones. She's from, she's a New Yorker, but she's kind of got that down home attitude that I recognize in that she's pissing by trees. Just growing up throughout her time. I wish somebody were to take a running tally of how many times Gina has pissed by a tree, because I'm certain that it's been uh, upwards of, it's got to be upwards of 20. Right? I mean, and look, me too, by the way. Me too. Growing up in Ohio, you pissed by some trees. And so I'm not saying that as an insult. I would just like a count. Maybe let's get a count going. Because I would imagine, comparatively to Heather Dubrow, Heather Dubrow, I can't imagine ever pissing by a tree. 
I just don't think she ever did. Maybe like once she got drunk in college at like a frat party and then she excused herself. Like she, I could imagine Heather DeBrow as like a college student going into a frat house bathroom, which you never want to go in a frat house bathroom. Never. Ladies, am I right? You do not go in a frat house bathroom. I mean, I've done plenty of things in a frat house, but going in their bathroom is not one of them things. And I've done a lot of other stuff that maybe is not uh, that clean, let's say, at a frat house. I mean, who among us hasn't hooked up with an Alpha Lambda new named Derek? But you didn't do it in the frat house bathroom. You did it in the stairwell of the comms building while a janitor had a shop vac in the next room over. And you had to be quiet while they cleaned up after hours. Now, shop vac, coincidentally, was also my nickname with the Alpha Lambda new boys. But that's neither here nor there. The point is that I don't believe that Heather has a piss by many trees uh, throughout her life, but Gina has. I feel it. Casita has done that a time or two. Anyway, then we uh, get to this mechanical bull situation. Now, this mechanical bull, we learned some things while they were all getting on this mechanical bull. Specifically, we learned that Shan Storms with Doris got a bony vagina. I have a bony vagina. She's got a bony Rita Moreno. But all the other gals get on the bull. And it was a little bit awkward because it wasn't like we were at a big party. It was such a small group of women just staring at a bull and then getting on it uh, person by person. Everyone was taking turns getting on this mechanical bull. Now, I'm not good at riding a mechanical bull. Now, riding them Alpha Lambda New Boys was a different story. But that's, uh, again, a tale for another time. However, I don't like a mechanical bull. Shannon decides she can't do the bull because of her bony vagina. I have a bony vagina. So they all end up just going to dinner. And they're showing a lot of close-ups of the cows, like grazing the soul ranch, and then showing us a lot of close-ups of beef. And that didn't sit well with me. That just didn't feel great that I'm seeing the cows' faces, and then they're just showing me uh, that we're seeing just that Jen woman put a slab of beef on a paper plate. I'm like, I don't know that we need the close-ups of the cow mooing right immediately before we're seeing them eat hot dogs and beef and shit. It just felt like maybe that was a step too far. A lot of grazing, a lot of cow grazing before we're showing these gals eating meat. And I don't know that we needed all them beef close-ups. Just not a lot, too many, uh, even without the cows, if we weren't even on this ranch, I'm not sure that I need to see so many close-ups of beef. You hear me? I'm sorry. I just don't need the close-ups of the beef. Just don't need it. Anyway, this is when Taylor comes out as bisexual. She had a relationship with a woman before Russell. Five years, I think she said she was in the relationship for. And look, again, are we just finding out about this situation? Am I just now finding out about this? Or did she tell us before? And not only that, but have you guys seen these rumors about Kyle Splits Richards, her former Beverly Hills co-star? Now, I'm not saying uh, these rumors are true, but there have been some mumblings because uh, Kyle has been posting a lot with this woman, and she apparently hasn't been posting much with Maurice. And so I don't know if her and Mauricio or um, if they're having, I don't know what's going on. We're going to have to stay tuned and find out. But Real Houses Beverly Hills is done filming. And so these rumors, I'm curious if they'll end up coming up on the show. But there have, I've, there's been talks. I've been hearing mumblings. I, I'm not sure where to even direct you, but you could probably Google it or something and you find out about this person that Kyle's been seen with. And I, I love when the housewives have their bisexual lesbian moment. I'm not trying to reduce what uh, Taylor was saying with her relationship. Cause I think she said it was five years with this woman. I'm just saying like when I, I love when like a Daniel Staub or a Kim Zolciak, remember they would have their, their moment with the woman. And I just really, like, that's a storyline that would also be a throwback that I wouldn't mind seeing on The Real House of Orange County or Beverly Hills, or I'm not sure where. But if any housewives are listening to this, I know some of them do. They reach out to me sometimes. I hear from them. And so if any of them want a storyline for the next season of their show, I wouldn't mind if we did some sort of dalliance with the woman if they're single, or even if they are married and want to try. And of course, we want it to be authentic, too. But if you want to authentically explore a relationship with another woman, I'm saying as an audience member, I might enjoy watching it. And so we'll have to see. We'll have to wait. And didn't Tamara also, she had that thing with that woman years ago. I remember that woman, what was her name? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I am excited about it. And I'm happy for Taylor. And again, I'm sorry if she has come out before on the show as bisexual, but I'm happy she's doing it now again during Pride Month. So bravo, bravo. Then uh, Shannon she leaves this uh, dinner. She's like walking off. She says something about like, John's not watching the kids. And then all the women are like, yeah, John hates you. (laughs) Shannon was like walking off to surprise them by putting on a saloon outfit. 
And then as soon as she does, all the women are like, yeah, that John's a real loser. You know, like they all were like, they don't like each other and had all this stuff to say about John. And it was so funny because like Shannon was just making up the thing about John, but apparently she is not in a good place with John because all the women were like, yeah, that John's the worst, but she does go to put on some saloon outfit and she dresses like a Western harlot. And I, I don't like Shannon doing these bits constantly. She is literally doing stand-up comedy or character work all the time on the show. Constantly she's doing some sort of bit and I just don't need that. But I guess people like it. I guess other people like it. I know a lot of people like Shannon. They yell at me because I don't care for Shannon. But the bit stuff. I like when she's dramatic and being herself, but I don't like like putting on the Western harlot or, I don't know, I've never even said the word harlot in my whole life. Now, is that even the proper term for this? I hope that's not offensive. Western harlot? Whatever. She does go and put on a saloon outfit, though. And they do shots. It's such a weird bar because no one's really there. There's also a lot of stuffed animals happening. And I don't mean plushes. I mean, there's a lot of taxidermy happening. And uh, taxidermy also weirds me out. I even get a little weird. I, you know, I'm not comfortable with like funeral stuff or open casket situations. I did recently see this tweet that somebody said, forgive me, I don't have the handle in front of me, but they said, when they die, they want to be cremated and then have a Muppet version of them in a casket for like the open casket ceremony. So people could pay their respects to like the Muppet version of you. And to me, that sounded ideal for Pat, for my passing, my own passing, whenever that may be, hopefully it's a very long time from now, but I kind of love this idea of like, yeah, cremate me and put my ashes all over somewhere. Nice. Like the Solon, Ohio dress barn, you know, <laughs> scatter my ashes in a Northeast Ohio dress barn and then have like an open casket where it's just like a Muppet version of me that people can go and like grieve to for the ceremony and service of the wake. And then uh, I will be scattered across the dress barn, you know, although I, to be honest, don't put me across the dress barn. Honestly, I don't need to be there, but maybe, you know, I like being in Ohio or something. I don't know. Put me somewhere, somewhere cool. Figure it out. I don't know. I'm not even, I haven't traveled a lot. So figure it out. Maybe put me somewhere. I've never been, I've never been to Australia. I've never been, there's so, so many places across the world. Maybe scatter me there and, uh, and be careful too. actually, now that we're talking about it out loud, like if anyone is out there and, and becomes part of my planning committee, I would like you to just be cautious of, especially if you're scattering ashes from like a plane, maybe just do like a quick rundown of like where the ashes are going. Cause I don't actually want them to be on anything that's like labeled a barn clothing store. Okay. Just want to put that out there. Uh, okay. So then, uh, Shannon puts on, okay. So we, they do all the shots together amongst the taxidermy and then Taylor Armstrong approaches Heather. And this is when Heather's making those cartoonish faces and doing not great acting. And Heather did read Taylor, but then Taylor was getting pissed. And that's when they start arguing about their IMDb pages. And Heather's doing the condescending voice, which they all hate. And Heather then makes up this story about running into her That's Life showrunner, Diane Brigerio. I hope I'm saying that right. And apparently Heather did 22 episodes of this That's Life show. And that's when Taylor was like, yeah, you did 22 episodes. And then Heather's like, well, why are you saying it like that? Why are you saying it like that, Taylor Armstrong? Enough. Yeah, it was 22 episodes, which is a feat. It's hard to get on TV for that long, 22 episodes. Now, I don't know if those 22 aired. And I certainly don't remember a show called That's Life, but That's Life. I'm not going to remember every episode of every TV show. I can try my damnedest. But... Uh, I have I have a lot of shows in my head that maybe weren't as well respected. You know, I can remember plot lines from Caroline in the City, uh, starring Leah Thompson, but I don't remember a show called That's Life. And so I'm not above knowing a show called That's Life. I'm just saying I don't recall it. I don't recall it. And that's how the episode ends with just them fighting about IMDb pages. Fucking IMDb fights. I love it. Love it. Thank you all. That's the episode next week. Let's see what happens on the show. Did we get through the whole episode? Oh, I had a whole other page of notes. Wait, (laughs) that's a problem. This was a three page note week. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com um, oh, Gina did point out, I have to say, Casita pointed out how crazy it is that they're fighting over IMDb. And Heather was also using big words. She said punitive at one point. And Taylor just nodded as if she knew what punitive meant, but she, I don't believe that she did. And I don't blame her because I didn't either. Heather used the word punitive, and I was like, what the fuck is she saying? I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. And then Tamara's stirring the pot, too. She calls out Taylor, and she's like, Taylor, you said you weren't impressed by your IMDb. Oh, I love it. I love it. And again, Tamara's really stirring the pot. Really stirring the pot. And Heather says that Taylor is being anti-female and not nice. And she says... It's not nice of you to speculate or talk shit about my IMDb page because Heather says I'm at a crossroads in my life. And for you and Tamara to sit and talk about my IMDb page, how dare you? She says, how dare you? I'm at a crossroads. She, it's I'm trying to make it into like a, a gender issue too. She's like, you're being anti-female by going through my IMDb page. And I was like, that's quite a reach, Heather, but I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And then it ends with just Heather saying to Taylor, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I love this week's episode. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Next week on the show, we get Bravo. Uh, Bravo HQ makes some shovel shit. That's right. In the scene for next week, we see them shoveling literal manure. I mean, we talked about manure earlier on this podcast, and there, there they are in the scenes for next week, just shoveling shit. And I wonder if Tamara came back. I mean, this is what, her fourth episode back? She's like, I already got me shoveling poop in a barn or wherever the fuck they were. And I just, uh, that's uh, shocking. It's shocking. And I'm glad, actually, Vicki Gumbelson is not around for shoveling shit. I know she's coming back later this season. She's going to be start starting to make appearances this season on Orange County Housewives. And I'm actually glad she missed this, because when she signed up to show behind the gates of Cota de Gaza, I don't think that she realized she was signing up to have a production say, you got to go shovel horse shit in Montana uh, to make entertainment for the masses on Bravo. And so that's what's happening. That's what happened. That's what's happening. Uh, anyway, I love the episode. Just had the best time. Shannon also drives a tractor next week. So that's going to happen. And you just know she's going to be just losing it and falling over. Or be like, Tamara, help me. Ack, ack. Like falling over. And she's just going to be doing some bits. And it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. But I'm going to buckle up, Buttercup, and I'm going to be here. We're going to be recapping it. Uh, as always, I want to remind you to find me on social media. Also let you know that we're recapping and just like that. So the fir- uh, recap of the first two episodes with my friend, Hannah Brown, it's really fun. It came out on the podcast feed last week. So check it out. And then I will be recapping going forward the rest of the season, but I just don't know quite where, when the podcast episodes will be released. So wherever you listen to everything iconic, be sure to hit subscribe or follow and the episodes will come out when they come out next week's a holiday week. So I don't quite know when the episodes will be released. It's got some Great interviews coming, so I know there'll be a lot of content coming your way. I just don't know when or where it'll be coming. So stay tuned, and I'll be sure to update everyone on social media. And thank you all so much for listening. Shall we do our cheesy little cool down? 
I think we need it. I think we just need to take our deep breaths in. So take a deep breath in and hold it and breathe out. Now let's take one more deep breath in and hold it. And breathe out. Now remind yourself that if you're going through a hard time, this too shall pass. And let I remind you that uh, a great poet, Maya Angelou, once said, uh, and it was repeated by Heather Shamps Dubrow on The Real Houses of Orange County, if someone shows you who they are, believe them, girl. Or it was something like that, Heather said. Something like that. What did she say? When someone shows you who they are, you got to believe them, girl. Or it was... (laughs) I don't think that was it. Wait, let me try to find the notes. It was something like that. Oh, she said, people tell you who they are. You got to listen, girl. I'm adding the girl, but that's a lesson for us all. When someone shows you who they are, believe them, girl. Listen, listen. Love you all. Stay safe. Bye-bye.